cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Good day. Welcome to another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup. I think we're on episode 49. Thanks to Carlton Zeus, www.carltonzeus.com or Apple Music. Are we on 50? No, we're 49. Oh, never mind. Don't mind me. Anyway, don't yeah, mind don't mind me. the other third person who apparently it's the first time he's ever been on the show. But uh, episode <laughs> 49, uh, thanks to Carlton Zeus, still letting us use his, his uh, intro music. So this one here, you know, over the last couple weeks, We've thrown out a couple of random things. Uh, you know, we had some poetry reading or a poetry reading there that, that hopefully some folks enjoyed. Uh, it was a pretty quick one. And then we talked a lot about the Biden administration and this and that. And I think one of the things that we wanted to do when we started this podcast was, you know, we are into politics. Uh, we, in, you know, I think for a lot of us, it, it's, it's a hobby, but we didn't necessarily want to focus the whole podcast specifically around just politics. So I think this week here... We're going, and maybe I, I think we're still going to bring up some political <laughs> issues. But with this episode here, we're going to have a little bit of a grab bag and just kind of, uh, you know, shoot off the cuff here and talk about some random things. But go ahead. Uh, Luke was actually, uh, he had a thought that he was trying to complete, and then I cut him off and we started our, our intro here. So uh, <laughs> I'll save ahead, that thought for later. I'll, I'll save that thought for later. <clears throat> I was uh, telling Josh, I guess Josh, I don't know. You know, these days with internet censorship and all that stuff, we have to be careful. And I think there's going to be a subject we touch on later where Josh is going to have to, we're all going to have to be careful. Do it now. Because, Don't be scared. No, 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 no. I want to talk about something else first. I want to talk about something else so we can transition. Your show. We can transition. We can transition into something else <laughs> after we get done with this. So... You know, uh, after the uh, the Tom and Jen Satterly uh, program, the other uh, I think that was episode forty seven. I think whatever, a couple episodes ago. And I'll tell you again, if you haven't listened to that one, stop this one right now. Go back and listen to that one because it's good. It, it really is good. We got some, a lot of positive feedback from the people who did listen to it. So go back. Now, Tom was a uh, pretty uh, pretty high-speed knuckle-dragon, America's finest knuckle-dragger operator for a while. And I feel like after playing uh, numerous games of Warzone, uh, Call of Duty <laughs> Warzone, <laughs> over the last month or so, uh, taking a break. Actually, it's it's creeping up into like two months now. I've been taking a break and playing a lot of Warzone. I feel like I have a lot in common with Tom, you know? I feel like I have a lot in common with him because I'm on Warzone, you know, I'm like doing my thing. And, uh, you know, so, so I feel more of a connection with him because, you know, I'm, I'm not bad at Warzone. You know, I'm okay. So I think I could be an operator, you know. But I'll tell you what, if you look at our records, you know, Josh plays, Roger plays. Uh, nobody compares to Roger. I mean, he's got more wins, more top ten finishes, more kills, everything, man. And it's not just the time he plays either, because I tried to work out the time he plays. You look up how much time they played and everything, and I'm like, well, if you average it out, I'm sure I'm just as good. So I, <laughs> I, I, put, I put a pen to paper, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not as good, even with because he's played more time than I have, but he's pretty good. So Roger. Uh, for those, I know a lot of people may not be familiar with this, with uh, Call of Duty uh, Warzone. It's a lot like uh, that other game, uh, Fortnite. Uh, 150 people start. You start on this big map. It circles in. gets The circle gets smaller and smaller. And, uh, you know, last person standing wins. So, you know, this is the beginning of the bullshit episode. We're calling it the BS episode. I'm going to ask Roger and Josh, uh, what are some of your, like... Uh, some of your tactics 
Some of your tactics in Warzone to be so good. Not to die. That kind of works out for me. No, I think with the uh, I think when it comes down to to Warzone, so like, and, and it's it's very different from multiplayer. So you go out multiplayer, it's like six on six, right? And the goal is to kill other people because you're going to continue to respawn. I think what people fail to realize with Warzone is you can win Warzone and never kill anybody. You don't have to shoot your weapon one time. The goal is to be the. And for those that haven't played it, I think you know you've got like three hundred million people out there that have probably played this game. But for those that haven't played it, uh, you basically it's you're, you're trying to survive. You're trying to be the last one standing, and so the gas closes in on you, and the gas will kill you, and eventually you're just trying to be the last one standing. So ninety nine percent of the time, it probably results in you having a shootout with somebody. But you can win games and never fire a shot. Uh, I've played. We we played with one of our buddies, Jason. Uh, and it was one on two and he ended up hiding in a bush and, and the other two that were left uh, ended up killing each other and he laying in the bush next to you, no, boom. When it's, the number one thing is not to necessarily be so aggressive. You're aggressive when you need to be, right? If the guy's coming right at you or whatever, you shoot him. Uh, but if somebody's running by me, man, I will lay in that bush and <laughs> just let them go. Because they're going to get into a fight. They're going to get, I know, you can't help yourself and that's the problem. <laughs> It's, it takes a lot of it, ta- it takes a lot of willpower to sit there, especially when like I'll have a and, and it is different if you're playing like solos and, and duos, trios or quads, because if I'm playing solos or even duos and I'm carrying a sniper rifle and I see somebody and I've got that clear shot, I'll take the shot because I can kill them. And I don't have to worry about three other folks coming after me um, when you playing when you're playing quads he's going to get revived because the other three are going to start shooting back. Then one's going to break off. They're going to revive them or whatever. So it's just not worth your time. So I'm more of a dude. I lay in the bush. Uh, I don't sit there in corner camp or anything like that. I just, I, I try to ride the circle in, keep the circle to my back. That way it's, it's, you know, at least at 90 degrees that I don't have to take a look at uh, as far as enemies coming, but try to let the uh, circle push me in, not fire unless I have to. And then once it gets down to one-on-one, one-on-two, something like that, then I'll be more aggressive because I, I did play a lot of multiplayer. And uh, unlike Josh, I actually have a pretty decent internet connection. So I'm pretty confident in my skills when I get down to that one-on-one battle type thing. Uh, but, you know, it, when you start out and you've got 150 players to start shooting at somebody, I mean, you're just asking for the other... 148 players behind you to, to start shooting at you. So that's kind of, you know, those are tips. My, my famous, you know, war zone tips for all my victories and this and that. I'm sure Josh can uh, enlighten you on some of his tips on how he doesn't win any games, but uh, go ahead, I, Josh. I don't, I don't win any games because I'm exactly, <laughs> I'm exactly the person you described. I'm too aggressive. Uh, you know, I, but you did, you did pop your cherry. You did pop your cherry with us. I think it, who, I forget. It was like me, you and, was it Luke or was it like Zeister or things I think like I that, was right? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have been four So, of you know, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I have, you know, every, I think everybody has kind of like their favorite, you know, uh, places on the map that they like to go because they're familiar with the layout. They're familiar with the buildings. You know, they generally know, like, generally this kind of loot is going to be found, you know, around here. Um, so, you know, and a lot of times, man, I'll go to places where I know a lot of people go just so I can try to shoot people. Um Uh, you know so the games that i do try and win um you know it's get in get somewhere to where you can at least get you know just some basic you know some basic items some basic survival items and then go you know go camp the edges it's really go camp the edges and then just let the gas you know let the gas push you in um and you know like you said just try and try and hide as much as possible 
uh, you know, until uh, until you got the last. And it is totally different. Uh-huh. It's totally different from multiplayer because, like, when I play multiplayer, oh, yeah. yeah. So I can't snipe or shit. And so when I play multiplayer, I'm the SMG guy, just running gun through the map. Uh, and you know, it's like I might die 15 times, but I'm gonna get 21 kills. Yep. That's that's probably what's yep. gonna happen. Uh, and it's just so different because you get to war zone. It's like, hey. Game slows down, and you know, even though the yeah. guy at the beginning is like, "Kill them all," he's like, "Well, no, that actually isn't the goal or the objective. The goal is to win and survive." No, yeah. no, the objective. You could, you could actually kill them. All. You could actually kill everyone twice, and <laughs> still, you know, yeah. you could win, and you could kill everyone twice. I mean, that could happen. I doubt it ever has one in a billion, probably. But yeah, I, I, I try to adopt a, a combination. When, when I'm playing solos, I'm I'm a hiding, camping little bee, man. It, it's it's pathetic. But when I'm with Roger, I'm like, oh, I'm with a good guy. I'm <laughs> I'm with a guy who's good. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a shot at this guy from across the map. And then Roger gets all bad, and that that's the way it goes. I I don't know, man. I I just I camp. I'm not that good. But it is an interesting thing, you know. Uh, it's such the the way i justified playing and i can't justify it like this anymore is like this is an escape from reality i think about nothing else but this game while i'm playing the problem is you can go down the rabbit hole with that and it becomes a monumental time waster <laughs> i mean it, it's just an enemy of productivity and so i try to limit it now I, i'm getting better uh and you know focus more on some more productive uh, parts of my life like this show for instance <laughs> but what's interesting is you can you can pick uh this is this is a thing and then we're going to transition to the next topic here and we're going to drop a nuclear bomb on the on the audience probably get uh i don't know uh, we're going to get some hate on this one and we we got to talk about david by the way don't let us forget to talk about david our hater so anyway so i you play this game and you can play any any sort of character right you can pick your character. We call them skins. You can pick your skin. So you can be like the Hua Hua Air Force, you know, pararescue guy with the big, you know, K-pot on his head. Or you can be the, uh, you know, covert ops guy wearing a leather jacket. You know, my character looks like something out of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the cutting room floor of Breaking Bad. My guy looks like a meth addict. It's great. Totally. Just like me. <laughs> but what I notice in this game is obviously more males play than females. This game, I mean, video games, it's just the way it goes. I'd say tops, 10% are female that, that actually play the game. But I notice in the game, so many skins are of females. So you've got a lot of males out there running with a female skin, which so they're playing like a female character. Now, this brings up a couple things. It's like, wow, you know, um, we're supposed to be like portraying a special ops, you know, type environment where, you know, it's it's all, you know, ground pounders, knuckle draggers, operators who are out there shooting and lifting and doing all these things. There wouldn't be that many females out there. Now, what I keep looking for, since there's such a push on this in, uh, in, in American society right now, is a and it's a matter of time, fellas. It's a matter of time before there is a skin, a character you can play that is transgendered. Maybe they I'm already telling are. You, it's it, How it's you know coming, they're not? and they could. Maybe it already and is. They could be, and that's a good point, Roger. So, you know, why don't we roll in? We said we weren't going to talk too much politics, but I think we should maybe roll into the SecDef, uh, some stuff that came out on the you know uh, overriding the transgender ban. We could talk about that a little bit because I know Josh got a little heated on Facebook the other day 
using Culper's Canteen Cup's name in vain. And uh, but I'll kick it to Roger, and then I'll kick it, to, and then Roger I'm sure will kick it to Josh, and we'll talk about this. Well, I, I actually want to go back to your your comment on the, as far as the avatars they use or whatever, because. Uh, sometimes I'll use a female avatar and sometimes I'll, I'll use a male. It's actually got nothing to do with like people wanting to be the female. It's a smaller hitbox, smaller character. So you pick oh, the female because there's less target to hit, believe it or not, yeah. other than the big, you know, your big nug that runs around and, uh, you know, you got your, I, and I, I get it, man. I love the patriotic stars and stripes and this and that, but you're wearing the American flag bright as fuck. Uh, dude, you want the small, tiny chick that's all dressed in black or green because it's just a smaller hitbox. So there actually is a, a little bit of strategy. That's to it. interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Okay. But that brought up, you know, we've been trying to bring some excitement to this show, and and Luke brought this up uh, prior to us starting to record, and then he we wanted to wait, and then bring. What do you give me a look for? Talking about transgenders, right? Yeah, talking about transgenders. So he brought this up prior to to us starting to record, and then he wanted to hold off to later or whatever. But we we. I don't want to say we troll. Well, no, we don't troll. This was just a response. It was a response to a a post, and I forget what exactly it was, but, uh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, so Kirsten Sinema, our, our senator out here, Democrat senator uh, in Arizona, and believe it or not, she's actually taken some more moderate stances lately, uh, especially with, like, the filibuster, which I think we talked about uh, an episode or two ago and, and a couple other things where she has leaned a little to the right and uh, pissing off a lot of the... Uh, democratic base. But anyway, the other day, I forget what the day it was uh, or what holiday it was, Josh, you might know, but it was like celebration of women athletes or something like that day. And I don't know if it was like an Arizona thing or uh, a nationwide thing or whatever, but she basically posted to say, hey, you know, this is this to honor all the women athletes out there, yada, yada, yada. And so, of course, from there, it directly, it goes right into the whole transgender uh, conversation, right? Where nobody... It's like even with posts, I don't generally go into posts uh, hateful. Um, I do try to bring something, something constructive to it, but nowadays it's just not the way it is. She posted up there, and as soon as as soon as she posts it, which has nothing to do with you know somebody posts something about transgenders, and of course you can imagine where it goes from there. Somebody's like, oh, it's you know it's bullshit. They shouldn't allow you know transgenders to you know compete in sports, and then other people are like screw you and this and that. So for me. And I, I just posted a, a simple comment. It was very simple, XX, XY, right? So, and referring to, hey, you generally have 46 chromosomes, chromosomes, most people, and you're either XX, XY, and it determines if you're male or female. So you can dress that up for 99 point, and I forget what the percentage is, look like 0.02% or whatever it is, but for 99, you know, 0.98% of the population, you can dress however you want. I don't really give a shit. You can wear makeup, uh, you can buzz your head. I don't really care. But whatever you do to look like the other gender, you're still on XX or XY. That's what it is. And then, you know, obviously, I clearly, with that statement, didn't cover the other 0.00005% of the population. And this actually got me thinking a little bit. Because there are folks out there that have more or less chromosomes. And it's, uh, you, can, you can have 47, 48, and I think up to 49 is, is what they've said. But... Uh, my question was, if you have, well, I guess with transgenders, what percentage of transgenders out there have the extra chromosome? 
because that could make a difference. Now, it doesn't change my stance on competing in sports and this or that, but there would be, and again, I, I get it's a very small population, but if you are a transgender because you've got the extra chromosome or whatever, there could be something to that, right? I, I think at least in my mind, because you're not just XXXY. Uh, you've got some additional things there that, that you know, even mentally, physically, or whatever can cause a lot of confusion. The But generally speaking, I don't know... And, and Josh, I'll turn this over to you and get your thoughts on it. But I don't know. I mean, wh- what percentage, and I'm actually going to do this, <laughs> not not intentionally, or, you know, I, I ask you the question, I go into like 20, 20 different pieces because, well, I'll, I'll go into the 20 different pieces first. I posted that and then immediately I got a lot of fucking hate email, you know, or hate posts. Well, you clearly only have sixth grade, you know, science and da da da. And then, so then I asked that question. I was very serious about it. I was curious. I was like, um, so what percentage of transgenders have the extra chromosome? Because there is something there, you know, to that scientific, you know, science wise. And uh, then he says, uh, he comes back and he's like, first, you have to demonstrate to me, uh, you know, da 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 da. So he's real, real snarky, right? And simple reply. And then we've talked about this before. Simple reply just came back and said, you know, I said, hey, why don't you come on Culper's Canteen Cup and go ahead and educate the rest of our listeners? Not another fucking post. Crickets, dude just dove off, right? Because he was so smart. He was so smart. And then we would give him the opportunity to go educate folks. And I was being serious. I was being nice in the post. I don't know if you guys read the post or whatever, but I was being very nice in the post. I was very respectful. Um, and, and I wasn't joking or anything. I was like, hey, come on the podcast. And crickets. So then this chick jumps in. And she wants to get in the grab bag of it. And she starts throwing out some like random, they're not even facts. It's like, it goes back to, to Luke's anecdotal evidence. So then I asked her, she's like, oh, well, you just wanted the attention. I'm like, no, I'm actually curious. What what percentage of transgenders have the extra chromosome? Well, I'm not going to go Google that for you and do your due diligence and basically just call me, a, you know, that I was stupid. So then I came back and said, hey, look, I get it. I'm the crayon eater in this group as far as transgenders go. I, I get that. So I thought it was better to have a subject matter expert like herself uh, come on who can properly articulate all this stuff. Uh, you know, and then of course it was crickets again. So you've got all these people out there, right, that are telling me that I'm wrong. And maybe I am wrong. I mean, I could be absolutely wrong. And I was being genuine in it. But they sit there and they make these claims based on nothing, a lot of it. And then when you seriously throw out, and, and I see this more with the left than I do the right. The right does it as well, but I do see it more with the left than I do with the right, especially with the, you know, uh, listen to the science, man. Okay, well, I'm trying to listen to the science and I'm trying to get you to give me the science or just tell me where I can go look it up. Tell me where I can go read it because I've done my, my you know, the, the share of due diligence I'm going to do on it. But you give these folks an opportunity and even a forum because I think her comment was, well, I don't feel, you know, or it would be awkward for me coming on and, and educating someone of your age. And then I was like, well, hey, we actually have a lot of listeners that are in their early 20s. So there are some folks that would be probably very interested. And I would tell you this, like with my kids, I think they'd be interested to hear like, hey, you know what? There is a there is a, a, a serious issue about transgenders competing in, in sports because of all transgenders, 75% of them have the extra chromosomes. Okay, so that to me is something that's like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe that is something that we need to address. But I'm willing to say, and I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. So somebody, one of our listeners out there uh, knows better than we do or, or what I'm just getting ready to throw out. I'm willing to say that probably 99% of the transgenders uh, do not have the extra chromosome. 
I think it's just, you know, it's, it's whatever they feel they need to be a man or a woman or whatever. But that, that is a guess. Uh, I guess I can do some more due diligence and try to look it up. But uh, now I'll throw it back over to Josh. You know, that way I didn't just load him up with the question and go on a 20-minute rant there. But uh, what's your take on the old uh, transgenders and, and, you know, their participation in sports and, and how do you solve that issue? All right. So I'm going to try and uh, so I'm gonna try and couch this to where <laughs> we don't uh, – yeah, the FCC does it. You know, shut shut us down. As far as the whole like transgender thing goes, I'll I'll leave it at this. If that's your thing, that's your thing. If you know, I mean, we've allowed people to marry trees. But you know, they allowed a lady in England to marry a tree. Legally marry a tree. So at the end of the day, man, if somebody wakes up and says, you know, I feel like I'm the opposite. You know, the opposite sex. All right, what, whatever, right? If that's your thing, that's your thing. And if we're, you know, having a meal together or something and you want me to call you, you know, Justina, vice, you know, Justin, right, which was your, you know, your given name, that's fine. I, you know, I'll absolutely call you. I'll call you whatever. I'll call you anything but late for lunch. Uh, but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to say yes I agree that, you know, that, that sex is malleable. It, it, it's not, right? Yeah, Bruce Jenner, I don't care what Bruce Jenner calls himself or says he is. At the end of the day, Bruce Jenner, every chromosome, Bruce Jenner is a man, right? It's just, I'm sorry. That's just, uh, it's just what it is. And it, it, it kills me that this comes, you know, this big push from the quote unquote, you know, party of science as they've labeled themselves has chosen to ignore basically all of history, right? And saying, well, no, I can wake up one morning and I can identify as whatever I want. I can wake up tomorrow morning and say that I'm an astronaut. But anybody who knows me, clearly knows that I am way too stupid to be an astronaut and therefore I can say whatever. I'm not an astronaut. And so, so that's that. As far as the sports thing, I don't think that transgenders, you know, I don't think men, you know, boys, men who say, you know, I'm now a woman should be allowed to compete in women's sports. Uh, Because again, at the end of the day, Men and women, they were, by design, they were built differently. They were designed differently. And whether you believe in evolution, whether you believe in creationism, it doesn't matter, right? You're different. Males and females are different for very reason. And it's not, you know, this kind of goes back toward the feminist movement a little bit. It's like, we can do everything a man can do. Well, that's fine. I got no problem. I have no problem with that. Like, I have no problem with women in combat arms. I have no problem with women, you know, going to ranger school. I have no problem with women in, you know, Green Beret. They just, you know, the first female Green Beret graduated in the last year from from the Q course. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. And you know what? And she's legit, right? She is hard as nails. She's legit. And I applaud that. I have no problem with that, right? But my belief is that, Women weren't created to do everything men can do. Women were created to do what men can't do, right? And so, and vice versa. And vice versa, yeah. And so, 
that's just you know that's what I believe and I you know we we we've come to this everybody has you know everybody has to be equal I can do everything too I can do this I can do that well well that wasn't the intent right and again whether you believe in evolution or creation it doesn't matter that wasn't the intent so when you start talking about women in sports but it's kind of is is it's strange to me is that you're actually destroying women's rights. You're destroying women, you know, female empowerment, right? So when you go back and you look at female weightlifting teams, you know, you look at female weightlifters in the Olympics, you look at track, you look at a lot of these sports, and even in Connecticut, they're going through this right now. There's a legal battle right now in the courts because there's two transgender athletes up there, boys who have now identified as girls. They are destroying girls' track meets. I mean, they are they're it's not even close. Like they are absolutely 100 percent destroying girls' track meets. And guess who's getting the college scholarships? Well, it's not the girls anymore. It's not the biological girls. It's these two boys who think they're girls, who say they're girls. That they're getting the scholarships, they're winning the you know the the track meets, and at the end of the day, you're you're setting women back by allowing this to happen. If you want to participate in sports, then that's fine. My high school, my senior year of high school, one of our female soccer players went and tried out to be the kicker for our high school football team. And guess what? She made it. We had a female kicker my senior year in high school. That wasn't a problem. That was fun. Hey, you know what? You went out there, you out kicked a couple of the dudes you tried out for kickers. No problem with that, right? Absolutely no issue. But when you turn around, she wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't going to go up and out kick, you know, some of the other guys in the, you know, in the city, in the county for, you know, scholarships. She wasn't, you know, she was good. She was better than the, you know, guy kickers in my school, but she wasn't, you know, better than the, you know, the other guys in the county or in the state. So, but that's not the point. But you turn around and you have these boys who's like, okay, well, now I'm a female and I'm going to go and just crush all these things. That's, you're, you're, you are, you are setting women back. And the left continues to champion this, and they don't realize that, you know, for years, decades, they fought for women's rights and women's empowerment and, you know, progress and, you know, every, you know different fields and breaking that glass ceiling. You're not doing them any good by, by, by allowing this and, and championing this. You're just – you're not. Um, and now you have, you know, uh, Biden lifted the, uh, you know, the transgender ban in the military. Uh, I'm curious to hear uh, Luke's thoughts on that. And I, I have one, I have one point on that, but I'll save it for the uh, for you know for the next uh, next go around. So, Luke, <laughs> transgender. Well, how about how about this? How about this? I'll address some of your points, and then I'll kick it right back to you, and we'll just ignore Roger uh, for a little while. <laughs> uh, That's fine. <laughs> so. You're spot on, Josh. Uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading on this, uh, trying to get beyond uh, common sense. I know that that sounds that sounds crazy. I'm trying to get beyond common sense, but you try to put yourself in the mind of social justice warriors and intersectionality, uh, things like this, and you really have to. I'm not going to call them the enemy, although they are. I will. I will. You have to understand your enemy in order to win the culture war or at least fight the culture war. Uh, 
So I spend a lot of time trying to understand, I'll say it, the enemy. Um, because these this movement is not doing anything good. Uh, Josh, you're spot on when you said this is not furthering or maintaining, you know, the whole spirit of Title IX. You know, Title IX and uh, NCAA athletics, the whole point of it was to make an even playing field between males and females. And this right here, it, it, it completely destroys Title IX. We might as well not even have a Title IX. And people, you know, we're, we're always talking about, well, these, you know, it's so difficult to even talk about this stuff. These former males who transition to females want to run on the track team or play on the soccer team or whatever. You know, we're always talking about that. Here's the thing. And Josh brought it up. He talked about the kickers, the female kickers who want to be a kicker on a, on a football team, on a high school football team. Okay. All right. Let's table that for just a second. No one ever talks about the females transitioning to males who want to be on the wrestling team, football, or basketball teams. No one's talking about that. And my question is, why not? Why not? Because eventually we will be talking about it. And then the question will be asked, well, the boys are just too competitive. They're too physical. We've got to do something about this. I mean, it's 19. It truly is. Uh, it's not 1984. It's another book. I'll think of it in a second. Uh, fuck. Can't think of the name of the book where everyone has to be handicapped down to the lowest common denominator so everyone's equal. You know, that, 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 that's where this goes. I mean, it's, it's common sense. Now, with the female kickers, you know, as long as their role is just to kick, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you get a you get a five or six A school in Texas. That's what I'm familiar with. I mean, that is that's real ball. You're talking about like five A ball. That's real ball. And these are guys who can play at JUCO. They can play at the university level. I mean, these are physical big dudes who play football at the five A level in Texas. What I'm you know, if a if a female wants to kick at that level, you've got ten other dudes who can go down there and make the tackle. I would be concerned about my daughter on a football field at the 5A level trying to tackle dudes or trying to get or or, or or trying to go downfield at all and just getting laid the F out. I mean, there is serious, serious uh, concerns there. And at the lower levels, you know, your 4A, 3A, 2A, having a female kicker is not an option because that female kicker will get hit and they'll get hit hard. And I, you know what? I, I'm concerned with female safety. And we can go to, we can talk about the Israeli, you know, military study about how men react differently to women being uh, uh, injured than men. Uh, there was a there was an in depth study, and we can look it up and post it on the page. Not that any of you comment on the Facebook page, but if you're <laughs> interested, we'll we'll post it up. I mean, the Israelis did an in depth study because for the Israelis, it's real, and they need every person to be an infantry person, infantry man, infantry woman, whatever. So they did an in-depth study, can women be in combat? And what they found was, uh, and this didn't keep the women from being combat arms, but what they found was if a woman gets shot in the arm, for instance, a female, a female gets shot in the arm and another male soldier in the same squad or whatever gets shot in the chest, nine times out of 10, basically, the rest of the squad, if they're males, will tend to the female with a less serious injury than the male. 
because that is a, a man's human nature. Is to, it's our nature is to protect women. Ten it out really of ten, is. she's hot. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, there, there's a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll be very interested in this argument when we start talking about uh, a female wanting to be a linebacker on a 5A high school football team in Pennsylvania. Uh, but we will never get there because that's not reality and it's never going to happen. So why are we trying to play both sides? Whatever. Okay, so we're going to talk about the transgender ban. I was hoping that you guys would cover that. Um, the transgender thing in the military. First of all, I think I said last week, I had no idea so many transgender wanted to join the military. After seeing this firsthand of a soldier who was trying to, or not trying, a soldier who was transitioning from male to female, yes, transitioning from, from male to female, was being sent from a unit overseas to a unit CONUS. Our unit CONUS knew about six months out that this person was going to, to come into the unit. I can tell you firsthand, and I was in a wussy unit with no real mission. You guys know. The one in San Antonio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> even that unit who didn't have a real tip of the spear type mission, their readiness overall in the unit was affected by one person coming to the unit because of all of the planning that had to take place because of this one person. Now, social justice warriors will be like, well, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. That's definitely a step in the right direction. That means the military is thinking about this stuff. They're getting ready, and it'll be easier down the road for other people who are transgendered, uh, whatever you want to call them. But my question, that I'm going to kick it over to Roger, and I'm not going to do a 20-minute soliloquy after I pose the question, is, so if the military is going to pay for someone to transition, and you've got a let's just say a female out there that wants to transition to a male, full hormone treatment, full surgical treatment, everything. You're a recruiter. Do you use that benefit to try to get this person to come in? Okay, number one. That's question number one. And number two, do you do that with a clear conscience? (laughs) that's a bad question do you do that with a clear conscience question number three does it affect readiness there are the questions all right so as a recruiter putting my my recruiter badge back on you got damn right i put them in i use that shit as a selling point hey (laughs) i have had i have had uh fellow recruiters use the army substance abuse program to entice people to join the army guys like i can't join the army and he's like well, why can i join the army he's like because i got an alcohol problem he's like don't worry about that man we've got asap we got three tracks of this shit so you come <laughs> in the army you're going to be clean for eight weeks of basic training and if you still if you fall off the wagon right we're going to send you to asap so we got three tracks and you won't be an alcoholic anymore right so it's uh on that aspect and i tell you i, mean, I say it joking but in all seriousness it's the if it's legal and the army's offering that you use every benefit you can uh, to to entice folks to men and women to to join the military. But I think what the problem that I have with a lot of that stuff is you can do whatever hormone therapy that you want. You know, I think Joe Rogan said this before. I think he had a podcast about it, talking about fighters and this and that. And 
and transgender fighters and just athletes in general. It's like, I don't care if you were just a male for the first 10 years of your life and then you, you changed over or whatever. Just the benefits that you've had of 10 years of the steroid and, and you know the testosterone and this and that your body produces uh, is more than a woman will get in her lifetime, right? So just, and it goes beyond that. And I haven't looked this stuff up myself, but it goes into uh, DNA uh, or not DNA, but as far as uh, bone density, uh, amount of red blood cells. I mean, there's just a lot to other than just pumping yourself full of, of estrogen or whatever in the hell you know they end up doing. So it's like, even with whatever hormone therapy they go through. And again, I'm like, Josh, I really don't give a shit. Hey man, you want to take hormone therapy for whatever and wear a bra or, or shave your head? That's on you. I don't really care. I mean, you do you. Never cared, whatever. I, I care when it starts to impact me, right? Or my way of life or my family or whatever. But uh, regardless of all that, it just go. it really does go back to, well, I don't care what kind of hormone replacement or therapy or this or that. You're, you're still, your chromosomes, your genes are what they are. You're still at XX, XY, whatever. And it's funny because I just sat here as I was gurgling this stuff, looking at, uh, at Scientifica, whatever magazine, which is pretty well known. And they're talking about, well, you know, uh, sex and gender, it, 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 there's a lot more to it than XX, XY. You know, and they go into it, well, it's what you believe and what can be changed. It's like, well, why? Because you say it, it, it is? I mean, the last time I checked, that's kind of what determines. And again, maybe we've got some smarter listeners out there that are willing to educate us on it. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I say this genuinely. Like, I, hey, man, if, if folks have some different data points that they can they can bring to the table, I'm all for about listening. Uh, as far as my conscience goes, yeah, I'd have a clear conscience. I wouldn't have any issues. As far as morale, um, you know, it's a tough one because obviously it affects morale. And obviously it affects the individual going through it, right? Because depending on the unit they go through and depending on the unit they go to, um, they're going to get picked on, uh, they're going to get abused, uh, they're going to get bullied, but at the same time, it's like people can get picked on, bullied and abused for, for any, you know, physical characteristic that they have. So you say, well, you know, why don't you fix that as well? So, you know, I, I think the bigger problem that I have with it is you get down into logistics and it goes back to an, another question that I have. One, do you, are you comfortable with having that transgender male that became a female at, you know, 28 years old. Uh, you good with him showering with your nine-year-old daughter in, in the gym locker room? Because I wouldn't be. I mean, that's just, right? And if you're saying, well, there's just no difference, it's all fine, it's okay, well, then why do we have separate sleeping quarters? Why, you know, why do certain doctors see women, certain doctors see women or, or men? Why do we have separate bathrooms? Why do we have separate showers? Just open it all up, Right. I mean, we just take it back to like the, the, of course it was all males, but you just take it back to the Fort Benning basic training days where it's just like, Hey, open stalls, open, just everybody's got everything. That's what you do. So if you're, it's a very slippery slope to go down. It's a very dangerous path to go down. But if it's, uh, if it's that much, if it's really not that much of an issue, then why do we separate anything? Well, because clearly it is an issue and obviously it does impact, uh, you know, troop morale, but you know, it, it, it's going to take me away to another topic here and you guys can feel free to jump back or whatever. I mean, that's something that general Austin can deal with, right. As he is the one who will, you know, execute or whatever this, this ban or lifting of the ban, because we're also, or I say we, they, uh, the military is also going through a 60 day stand down, uh, for what is it? Racism and extremists, whatever, 
So the last time that I checked, and, and, and Josh, I think, has a lot more history in General Austin than what I do, but the last time that I checked, he was a four-star general, right? And he probably hit a couple other stars before he hit four because normally it's sequentially, and I get it. He could go one, two to four or something like that, whatever, depending on the levels of command. So it's like, so you knew all this racism was out there, and General Austin is a black man. So with all of this racism out there, and with all of this extremism out there and all the white supremacists and this and that, like he didn't root all that out when he was a one-star general or a two-star general or a four-star general, right? He didn't root all that stuff out. He waits till now where he's sectif. Now it's been such a huge problem over the last two decades that now I'm going to address it. And, and Josh said it before. We're not saying that there aren't racist people in the army. I'll tell you firsthand there are racist people in the army. Now, I would say this, uh, the percentage of folks that I've run into that have been openly racist, as in I have witnessed it, uh, is way less than what I see in the civilian world. And not to say that it's right, okay, but it's way less than I see in the civilian world. But it just goes back to, it was like when, um, I forget what was the general, I think maybe was it Legere or one of the female generals, you know, talking about when she was a colonel, she was sexually assaulted. And didn't have any, or no, maybe it was when she was like a one star or something like that, sexually assaulted, didn't have anywhere to go. I'm like, you, 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 even as a full bird, it's like, what do you mean you have nowhere to go? You knew exactly what you could do. You stopped that shit. And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is we have leaders out there that are weak and they won't nip this shit in the bud. So either he's saying one of two things that racism and extremism in the military just started, right? just started so maybe it all just came up during the trump presidency or two it's been around for a while and he failed as a leader to address it when he was on active duty when you can do it um i can tell you i think the units that we were in together uh you know i saw very little of it i mean very because i and i think because everybody was so and well i shouldn't say it's not an excuse it was our mission and our op tempo it just comes down to i don't care if you're red yellow green purple blue man i just need you to do the mission guy or girl i could really care less I just need you to be able to do the mission. I need you to be able to accomplish the mission. That's all I've ever cared about. Um, does it happen in, 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 the, in the greater army? Are there people out there in the greater army that are racist? Yeah, uh, I'm sure there are. You know, would you say that the army itself is, you know, as an institution is racist? I don't think so. I mean, you had a four-star general, Austin, who became the sec def, black, right? We've had a couple of them, Colin Powell, right? We've had a black president. We've had a black vice president. So at what point do you say, well, hey, maybe there is no systemic racism? Josh? Yeah. All right. So I, I, I need to close out the uh, my, my thoughts on the trans piece for the uh, for the military. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll jump into that. So my two so two things for the uh, for the trans piece in, in the military. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the military being a social experiment. Right. The military is not a social experiment. Petri, it's not a Petri dish. Stop using it as one. Uh, so my two, two things on the, on the trans, right. What the first is readiness, because we all know as many times as each of us has been downrange, you come back and you're like, Hey man, what you doing? They're like, Oh, I, I got to take a college class while you were gone. I got to do this. I got to spend time with my family, blah, blah. Oh, that's nice. Because, uh, I'm, I got to go pick up your slack. Right. So the readiness piece is, is you know, still still a, a, an issue for me. And I think it was who was it? Uh, Sergeant Major of the Army, Dan Daly. He was the big push like, hey, if you're not deployable, 
yep. pack your bags, you can go to Fort Living Room. So, and some people tried to conflate this with, well, what about women, you know, who get pregnant and they're not deployable for nine months and, you know, and then six months afterwards, your maternity leave is like, stop trying to conflate the two issues because they're completely different. Right. And real quick, One. real quick on your on your stat right there, bring that up just to add to your thing. So the lat before I retired, I sat in a brief with them. And at that point in time, 25 percent of the army was non-deployable. Twenty five percent. That's yeah. one fourth of the army. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. Right. So don't try and conflate those two. One pregnancy and women is a 100 percent natural scientific scientific process. Right. You trying to change. I know scientific is not a word. Right. You trying to change your chromosomes and you trying to change your gender. Guess what? That's not natural. So stop trying to conflate the two. The second piece I have on that is. If you're. If you're a woman and you're going to transition and now say you're a man. Oh, OK, that's fine. Um do you have to register with the Selective Service? Because I do. Dun, I have dun, to register dun. with the Selective Service. I have to every job application I ever fill out, even after, even after I served, you know, twenty-two plus years. When I retired and became a contractor, guess what? I had to fill out on my job application. I had to put in my my Selective Service number. Because by law, federal law, I have to register with the Selective Service, and you two, you know, clowns do too, but. Okay, that's fine. You want to be a man? Go be a man. But you should have to register with the Selective Service too. Right? Because you get, no, you get all the benefits that come with being a man, right? So you go register for the draft. And so those are, my two, those are my two things on that, is readiness and Selective Service. Guess what? You get to register for the draft now too. As for the extremism piece... 100% there there is racism you know in, in the military but I'll tell you and I've I saw it not only in organizations that we were all you know part of or the community that we were all part of but even in the big green machine I saw it a few times I'm gonna tell you right now that shit got shut down quick and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they, that person got reported. That person had to go see the first art. The commander, you know, got Oracle 50. Like that shit was handled in-house at the squad and platoon level. And that shit got sorted out. Quick. It's a career killer. Well, I mean, it's a career dude, killer, right? When I was in Alaska, when I was in a striker, in the striker brigade in Alaska, I was in a Cav squadron, right? So my troop, it was 19 Delta. It was Cav scouts, 11 shot. It was mortarmen. And, you know, and then the low density MOS is a go along with that. And there was there there was an incident where a white kid, he dropped he he, he dropped the M word. Right. It wasn't a matter of probably 15 minutes before that kid and about 10 other dudes who all were white. They were in the combatives room. And guess what? It was not an issue ever again. So I think when you talk about that in the military, yes, it exists, but that generally gets self that generally gets policed up pretty quick. And for most of us, especially when you talk about, you know, the organizations that we served in and the community that we served in, the majority of people in those organizations have been in enough situations to where, dude, I don't care what color you are. I need you to watch my back. I'll watch your back. 
right? At the end of the day, dude, I hey man, I don't care what color you are. I just need I need you to be proficient at your job, and I need you to be you know <laughs> I need you to be good with a weapon. That's it. I don't care, um, you know. And so, as far as the extremism goes. And the, especially the whole like you know systemic you know racism they still talk about you still hear systemic racism and I get into I was like are you I, you have those I have those discussions on social media all the time and at some point I need to really stop engaging with people on social media because a lot of people out there <laughs> are really are really stupid who say you know systemic racism because again I always go back to all right so there's systemic racism right now today as it stands in the United States of America that you know are oppressing you and keeping you from moving forward with your life what institution and what law right now is keeping you from moving forward and you know, achieving and being all that you can be to, you know, steal the old army motto. And it's crickets. It's well, well, in, you know, 1893, Jim Crow is like, no, 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 stop. Today, right now, on the books, right? We elected Barack Obama to the presidency twice, not only by the electoral vote, but by the popular vote. And it wasn't close, right? So tell me that the United States is racist when not even close on the popular vote, they elected a black man to the presidency twice. Tell me, tell me how that happened. If, if the country's so racist, how did that happen? Right. Or half black, whatever you want to say. Right. Kamala Harris, you have your first black vice president, not your first vice or president Indian. of color or Indian, or Asian. whatever you want to call it. Right. Whatever, yeah. whatever they needed to be this week. I think, you know, when you go back to, you know, you go back to the 60s uh, and, and prior to, I think, yes, you absolutely, you, you had Jim Crow, you, there were laws in place, redlining the whole nine yards that truly held people back. Redlining got outlawed in 1969, 1968, right? So what's your excuse today? What is your excuse today? You go and you take a look at, you know, you, you look at the connected world that we live in. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not confined to my neighborhood and this is all I know, right? This is all I know. So that I'm just, I'm a product of my environment. That's not the case these days. You know, what's out there, you know, that you have the opportunity to not become a product of your environment, right? We were talking about, you know, the big guy, you know, that was with us, you know, earlier, you know, when we, you know, when we were all serving up in Maryland he grew up on the south side, south side of Chicago in a single parent home. If anybody was, you know, if you, you tell me that, hey, you know, no one can make it, that this is that, he would be gangbanging in the south side of Chicago right now. But he's not. He's a he's a 14 working for Department of Homeland Security. So don't tell me that, you know, you're oppressed and, you know, people have, you know, their boot on your neck because that's just bullshit. At this point, it's just you, you're you're perpetualizing the, the whole victimhood mentality and you're just making an excuse for you to be fucking lazy. That's all it is. That's all it is. So that's what I'll say. The whole like stand, you know, the whole stand down thing with Austin and everything. Hey, man, that guy was a GCC commander. He was the and the sitcom commander. It wasn't like, oh, man, you're the you know, you're the Southcom commander. That's cute. <laughs> Right. You are you were the sitcom commander. Right. That's no small feat. Colin Powell, Colin Powell, you know, went on to be secretary of state. Like, Don't don't give me this shit anymore. It, it's just whatever. It gives me it gives me riled up. I don't want to get riled up. Hey, so. the sitcom commander <laughs> could not root out racism in his unit. I Right. 
I mean, that's what he's saying. Wow. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Unless it's, the, a, uh, unless it's a new occurrence over the, over the past four years, unless it's a new occurrence. And I want to echo what Josh said about, you know, uh, racism and stuff like that. I remember when I arrived to Fort Bragg uh, after Josh was already there, blazed the trail for me at Fort Bragg at the 525. You know, uh, we, we got to the reception down there, and they were like, yeah, strip off all your clothes. I'm like, what the f- what, what's going on? So they had to take a picture of all the tattoos to look for swastikas and whatever. So, so this stuff has been going on for a while, man. I had a Marine, uh, uh, Marine, good friend of mine, uh, I'll say his first name, Jason, uh, told me a story about uh, numerous skinheads who were in his, uh, you know, who were in his orbit over the years and, he, you know, in the Marine Corps. And, uh, you know, it just it is what it was. I mean, that was years ago. I mean, this has always been a problem. And, you know, the, the military is a microcosm of society. It really is. So, I mean, that I guess that's what they're trying to say is we need to root out white supremacy in uh, the military and root it out in society. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is a first of all, I don't think it's a major problem. It's not. And second of all, it's not a new problem. Uh, it's it's a problem that will always be there, and it's not a major one. Because in the military, man, I'm telling you, God, walk down the street of your hometown, and that's what it's like being in the military. Walk down the street of any any place. That's what it's like being in the military, man. It's a, it is a microcosm of society. That's one of the reasons they like to... Uh, you know, try out new social experiments on the military to see if it actually works in real society. And I, you know what? That's fine. Whatever. Let's see if it works. Just don't force it to work at the expense of readiness, which I think is what we're all saying. Now, that guy, I'm going to give, I'm going to say his name, Chuck. You know, I'm not going to say his last name, obviously. But that dude, he really did, you know, uh, AOC doesn't think it's physically possible, but that dude pulled himself up by the bootstraps. He really did, and he's doing well for himself, and he has been. And he came in in one of the worst. I know Chuck really well. He came up in one of the, you know, stereotypically worst environments possible, and this guy is doing really well for himself, and he always has. Uh, you know, maybe that's a credit to his mom. I don't know, but he did not let it hold him down. You know, uh, we were, we all worked in the same environment, um, all three of us. And we have been in situations where you walk in and talk to somebody and they could give, I'm going to, I'm going to drop an F-bomb. They could give a fuck less what your color is, what your gender is. They can tell in the first minute of you talking, whether you are a, an asset to them or whether you're a liability, it does not matter. Believe me, it does not matter your gender, your race, your creed, your religion, they don't give a fuck. Can you perform or not? And in my opinion, that's how the world should be, man. That's how the world should be. But you know what? Whatever. Not everything can be perfect. I get it. What's scaring me, I, you know, and I, I'm going to kick it to Roger. Um, what's scaring me right now is the New York Times and Wall Street Journal had a good before, you know, Wall Street Journal had a good, um, I guess, Snap back, clap back piece on this. But the New York Times was talking about a reality czar. And Josh is always posting. Josh must post like maybe once every two weeks about how, 
you know, the book 1984 by George Orwell is a work of fiction. It's not an instructional guide. <laughs> and now you got the New York <laughs> Times, the old gray lady, you know, that everyone in Washington looks at calling for a reality czar. And a reality czar, basically, if you've read 1984, it's the Ministry of Truth is what it is. And basically, the reality czar is going to be an, uh, an offshoot of the executive branch, much like John Kerry is the environmental czar, where it's like whatever John Kerry says is what's good for the environment, whether he takes a plane uh, to accept his award in Iceland or not. So the realities are the Ministry of Truth will tell you what's real or not. And the American public should listen to this person, whoever is appointed as the realities are, to tell us what's real and what's not. Well, I see stuff like this <laughs> coming out of the New York Times, which people in Washington listen to. And your average American who thinks that they're very smart, a lot of people I work with, read that and like, well, you know what? That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. And that is scary to me. It really, really is scary. Now, Roger, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know if you, if you saw the news on this or anything, but I'd like to get your thoughts on the realities are and like, you know, what that means going forward in context of the times we live in right now, where, and I'm going to keep talking, wherein we're talking about, <laughs> you know, extending, you know, background checks for security clearances and things like that and going into, hey, if you've ever had a frog on your, you know, social media, maybe you shouldn't have a security clearance. What do you think about the realities are? So I think the realities are is dog shit. I mean, I actually wrote this down because I was going to talk about it earlier. I read an article, and I don't know if it was something Josh may have posted. It was either Josh or one of my other buddies posted it. And then right below it, it had fact check. And uh, so I was like, oh, let me read this because it had, you know, Facebook does that now. They're a little, hey, this is misleading information. So, um, oh, I, I remember what it was. It was, uh, it was in relation to the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and statements that she had made. And I'd actually done several posts on this because we know, we know what Maxine Waters has said and uh, Tlaib and, and several other uh, prominent politicians. And so somebody created a meme on this thing and said, well, hey, these folks did this. Even Pelosi, uh, they're like these folks made these comments and statements. Uh, why aren't they being censured or being taken off committees or this and that? And below that had the PolitiFact, whatever Facebook thing it was, his fact check said false and or claimed it as misinformation. This is why. And I read it and I'm like, I don't, so I don't know. I didn't dive deep enough into it to, to find out who actually did the fact checking or, or how they interpret that, but they were wrong. I mean, they were wrong. I know they were wrong because when I had uh, posted that a couple days earlier, I had gone back to read the entire transcript. So I get it. People, you can take a sentence. You can do that with this show. You can take a sentence and uh, just pull that one sentence. Out. Oh, look, Josh, he's a racist. He says he's a racist. Well, yeah, you didn't take the context of the entire of uh, the entire conversation. So I understand that aspect of it. So I pull the transcripts of these things. I, I you know find them online. I go through and I read the whole thing. And it's like, when you look at what Maxine Waters said, right, about, you know, getting their face, there was no doubt that was inciting violence, okay? That is telling people that if you see politicians out there that are, that are with the GOP or with Trump, that you need to get in their face, interrupt their dinner, and, and make them so uncomfortable that they have to leave. 
That is a fact. That is the way that is. Uh, the same thing with Pelosi and the same thing with a lot of these other folks that have made very similar statements. So my problem with this realities are, well, one, the realities are should be the president in theory. Uh, but my problem with the realities are it's like they're no better. I mean, just the, the regular fact checking that I read, they're no better because even their interpretations are skewed to fit the narrative of mainstream media. Period. It was like today when I when I watched... Um, you know, it's about Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG. She came out and she gave a uh, speech. And I don't know if any one of you guys caught her or not. She came out and did a press conference. And uh, fantastic, fantastic. Came out, uh, something that you don't see a whole lot of politicians do, where she was like, hey, yep, I made these statements before I got into Congress. Um, they were wrong. Uh, some of them were conspiracy theories. I was dumb. Shouldn't have made these statements. Shouldn't have believed that way. I've grown. I've learned, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it is what it is, but guess what? Based off of that knowledge being out there, she was still elected to Congress. So before she came in Congress and then Congress took a vote to remove her from two committees, the education, and the labor budget committees, based on statements that she had made prior to her being elected at a, as a congressperson. That I'm assuming that the, the, because especially the way politics are nowadays, I'm assuming that the public knew about it, that the voters knew about those comments, because I'm sure the other side of the aisle dug it up and threw it out there. So this is something that's already been out there. So this goes to my, this goes to my, you know, maybe this is like a First Amendment thing, because people often get confused on what the First Amendment is, right? As far as like freedom of speech. And freedom of speech doesn't apply generally to private companies. Freedom of speech talks about the government's restriction on speech. So then it makes me wonder, it's like, I mean, is, I don't know, Josh, isn't that like a First Amendment violation if the government takes her off committees because of things that she may have said, whether they're factual or not, because they're getting to the point where they're like, hey, you just can't say anything that's incorrect. Well, one, that, that's the whole point of freedom of speech is that I can say whatever I want without, unless it causes harm to somebody else or something like that. But you know, the bigger question at the end of the day is, well, who's determining what's correct? And all it is, it's spoon feeding, going back to, to Luke's thing. And yes, my question to you, Josh, was rhetorical. So uh, don't beat my, don't kick me in the balls. And <laughs> don't don't yeah. kick me in the balls to it. But. So, yeah, so I posted the, uh, yeah, I posted the article where, you know, they, re- they removed, the House uh, voted to remove um, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene off of her, I think she was on two committees. And, yeah. uh, so, okay. And it was all, it was along partisan lines, right? So it was, it was, you know, Republicans and, and Democrats opposed. But, well, but 11 Democrats. Republicans voted to kick her off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you had, you, you, you always have some outliers. Yeah, so here's 11. my, so, so here's my thing with it, right? 11. Okay. So here's a couple of things that, that Marjorie Taylor Greene has said, and, cause I think that's important. Uh, you know, you talk about context and stuff. Okay. I do not believe that the wildfires in California were started by Jewish space lasers. Right. I don't believe that Marjorie Taylor Greene said that. But again, so this is all prior to her coming in public office. This is all prior to her being elected office. Okay. I, I am not aware. However, I'm not read on to obviously, you know, read on to, you know, to every classified government project. I'm not aware of any Jewish space lasers. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and put that out right now. Maybe some, maybe, maybe they do exist. I don't know. I'm just saying I if don't they know did, about them. If they did, Iran probably would not be a threat right now. So right? I'm going with you right. on that. So 
and so it's been it's been speculated. I have and again, I have not seen any evidence of this, but it's been speculated that Marjorie Taylor Greene also, you know, has commented about 9/11 being an inside job. Okay. Well, those two right there alone one, I don't know of any Jewish space lasers. And you, if you go back to what was that episode four or five, uh, you know, conspiracy, oh, the conspiracy. Theories, yeah, right. And I said it then, and I'll say it now, and I'll take it to my grave. If you think that nine eleven was an inside job, I, I just you're an idiot, and I just automatically I will not listen to anything you have to say after that. All right, but that's not the issue. Again, like you said, you know, freedom of speech. That's not the issue. The issue is that for the last four years, five years now, you had a number of Democrats that pushed this Russian collusion conspiracy theory, right? $40 million, hundreds of FBI, you know, FBI agents, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews, which uncovered falsified FISA warrants. It uncovered so many truths. James Clapper, right? So Jim Clapper, under prior to going under oath, was on, you know, anybody that would listen to him talking about how he's seen the evidence there was collusion. You know, Trump colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election. Under oath, Jim Clapper testified, I do not know, I am not aware of any evidence of the Trump campaign colluding with Russia in the 2016 election. You have Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, who said, I have seen the evidence. It exists. Trump colluded with Russia. Undermining a sitting U.S. president. Are we get, are, are they getting are they getting removed from their committees for spreading conspiracy theories? Of course not. Are they? Of course not. And that's. And that is incredibly dangerous. So you have this group of individuals who spread this conspiracy theory for four years, tore the country apart. There were people who were, you know, diehard Republicans and they were great Americans, man. But as soon as they heard Russia, it was, hey, they're, you know, they're like us. They watched Red Dawn, you know, when they were kids in the 80s, too. And they were like, fuck Russia. Yo, that dude clue to Russia? I'm done with him. Right. That. Why are they why are they not getting voted off their committees? If that's where we're at and you know we have a truth czar and everything, if the media would do their damn job like they're supposed to, we wouldn't need a truth czar. We wouldn't need a, you know, a, a truth committee or whatever. Just the media do your damn job. Just tell me what happened. I'll decide what I think about it. I just need you to tell me what happened. And you don't need that. But this is incredibly dangerous. To, you know, for a political party to start removing folks from their committee assignments. Now, what's next? Everybody knows. Everybody knows of the cancel culture. They're going to shut you down. Everybody knows about it. So, what's next? Who is next? What and who is next on this? And that we're in incredibly dangerous waters right now. Oh, you said something that's not true. You're right. So they they they're uh, putting forward. It's Murphy out of uh, Florida, Democrat, who is proposing the, you know, the amendments and kind of, you know, adding to the security clearance process for government employees. Oh, if you if you spread information that's not factual about the United States government, that should bar you from getting a security clearance. Oh, really? Okay. so, you know, if I say Trump didn't collude with Russia, I don't believe it. 
I shouldn't get a security clearance, even though it comes out later that guess what? He, I, I was speaking the truth. That was a fact. But he's incredibly dangerous, man. Incredibly dangerous. And I, you know, I'll say it again. George Orwell, 1984, it was a fucking warning. It's not a how-to guide, people. It's not a how-to guide. It's, a, it's dangerous times. Yeah. You know, and if you listen to, if you listen to Josh and Roger, if you're a guy like me, it's like this security clearance process, man, you get really got to watch your step. Because if you listen to Roger, man, well... I'm not saying if you listen to Roger, that may, that makes me sound like I'm demeaning him. Uh, he he's right. He's right. Well, I am a little bit, but I'm demeaning the whole system because it's like, well, you can't own Bitcoin and expect to you know have your security clearance go through you know with no problem at all. It's like I'm looking through like the actual regs. I'm like, where the fuck does it say that? And, oh well, it's a thing that uh, you know the people, the adjudicators, they'll look at it because it's like foreign holdings. Okay, okay, don't own Bitcoin. All right, all right. I can't own any ETFs that own Bitcoin either because I'll have a, a hard time getting my clearance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I won't do that. Okay, I can't own any stock in a company that is. You know, uh, has anything to do with cultivating cannabis? What? Well, what well, cannabis is legal? No, 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 no. It's illegal at the federal level. Okay, okay. I won't own that stock. All I'm saying is, boy, these clearance stuff that it can it can hem you up real fast. And, and Josh knows uh, he, he not 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 from personal experience, but from uh, some experiences uh, that other you know colleagues have had. I mean, this stuff can hem you up real fast. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I get all I get all Joker with it, man. I get all like the Dark Knight Joker with it. It's like, man, I get I get you know the flashbacks, the Agent Orange. It's like, bitch, you know what I've done for this country? You know what I've done? You know, basically ruined my life. You know, for for years, as you guys have too, because they told me it was the right thing to do. And, you know, all this stuff, and we did this, and now you're questioning whether I own Bitcoin or fucking, you know, some some stock that, you know, is developing some seed for cannabis? Man, fuck you. You know, that that's how I feel right now, you know. So the, the security clearance thing, Josh, I'm gonna I wanna back you up on that, man. It's it's a it's a slippery slope. Well, let me ask you this though, on the security clearance, does it make a difference? Because here's here's half of me. Like I could really give a shit about the security clearance piece because it's the, or not that I don't care, but it's the, it's a government issued security clearance to work for the government or on government projects. So from that aspect, you know, I'm like, eh, government do whatever the hell they want to do. Do I agree with it? No, but I don't really care. Uh, when it, when they, when it comes into my private life and, and commercial workings, then I have an issue with that. But if it's for a government job and it's a government issued clearance, they can make whatever requirements they want. Well, they, they, they can, but I mean, I, they can. They can do what they want. I get it. But I think we're losing track of what is, what, what is a security clearance? Why have it? You know, it, it's whether you're a risk to national security or not. Basically, whether you're going to hand over secrets to the enemy, whether they have, you know, sway over you or not. And I, I personally, and maybe this isn't addressing your question, Roger, Bitcoin, I understand. We can go down that rabbit hole, and maybe that could have some sway. Maybe that could have some financial, you know, stuff. But if you just own stock in a cannabis company that uh, you know is publicly traded legally, 
How does anybody hold any sway over you? How is that a question of your loyalty or your character? I don't know. I don't know. And, and I agree that with you 100% on that. Cool. If, it's on, if it's listed on the New York Stock Exchange, if it's listed on Wall Street, Amex, NASDAQ, or whatever, you should be able to own it. You should be able to own it. You should be able to trade it, right? I, okay. I, that there, I totally agree with you. Okay, so Josh is getting worked up, so let's kick it to Josh, and then I got something after Josh, after Josh melts your face. Kick it back to me because I, I was gonna. I was. Go ahead. All right, so I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a deep breath. Okay, because that gets me fired up, right? <laughs> like you said, like you said, we have literally. I mean, we you know in a, in a sense like we've ruined our lives. We have literally risked our lives day in and day out. We have we have traveled to some of the most inhospitable places on earth. And, you know, we have lost time with our family. We have done everything. And I did it voluntarily, and that's fine. But to turn around and spit in my face and say, well, you can't own this because I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Hey, motherfucker, I got a wall back here. It's got some shit on it. Say, guess what? You can trust me. Okay? You can trust me. I've been there. I got, uh, I got, some, I got a couple of T-shirts. You can trust that. Ooh, hey, God, dude. He's got you the army service ribbon. Team. You can trust his ass. <laughs> and the military, and the military outstanding volunteer service. He's got the National Defense Service, service Medal <laughs> with the Bronze Star. That's right, with the Bronze what? Star. Yeah. Yeah, Luke, it's, you didn't get the Bronze Star. We got the Bronze Star. Yeah, I don't think you got the Bronze Star, did you? Yeah. Uh, was, was that after the National Luke? Defense, the National Defense Service ribbon? Yeah, no, no. no. Luke should have got it because he should have got one when he came in, and then he was in uh, during uh, OIF and uh, OEF. Oh so he got shit! It. I gotta get some more bling, bro. <laughs> bling, bling. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that really fires me up, though. You know, it's man, especially after you know what we done. Don't question my loyalty, my country. Don't don't do it because that that will. All right, I'm going to mute my shit. But there's a difference, yeah. right? There's a difference between, and this goes back to the, the breaching of Capitol Hill, there's a difference between being loyal to, to your country, being loyal to, to the Constitution of the United States, and being loyal to a politician. I owe no loyalty to a politician. Okay, my Amen. loyalty is to the country. My loyalty That's right. is, is to the, you know, the fundamentals that are, that are listed in the Constitution of the, uh, of the United States. That is my loyalty. Ooh, we could go down the rabbit hole on this one because at what point does that stop? But I'm gonna—I'm not going to. Uh, not I got a more important that. question. I gonna... got a more important question for you, Luke. Is par- oh, okay. Parler's dead? Yes. Parler's dead. Parler's dead. Parler's dead, gone. It's dead to me. Well, they fired the CEO. Uh, mm-hmm. who, I think he was the guy who actually created it. Parler's dead. So, and and it, man, I tell you what, things just change. It's like Josh always says, life comes at you fast. It's uh, so like big tech censorship. So, are we done with that now? I mean, everybody's just kind of moved on and gone back to whatever, right? <laughs> I See, I want to go down another. I want to talk about something else, but you guys go ahead, talk uh, about whatever you want to. It's your show. Our paint me, our paint me into a corner good day, here. and welcome to yeah. Luke's segment of Culper's Canteen, Canteen Cup. Cup. It's Luke's Canteen Cup now. So yeah, big tech censorship. So Parler, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they went wrong. I think. Uh, I think they were gambling, is what I think. I think that Parler was gambling that Trump would throw his support behind them. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. And they're dead. They are dead. And, you know, we can talk about whose fault that was and everything. 
I think they could have probably made some some good moves. I mean, they could have made some good moves. I don't know why they didn't. Um, but yeah, when I saw when I saw they fired that dude, I'm like, okay, it's over. It's over. I mean, they could just kept doing what they were doing. They were growing. The problem was their backside, yeah. their resources, and, and the back end sucked ass, and they weren't fixing it. That was the problem. I'll, I'll tell you what disappoints me is like Gab, right? And Josh still can't get up on Gab because his uh, his internet sucks so bad. I don't know what the deal is. But there for, I don't know, a 10-day window, it was it seemed to be improving. And now that I'm on, on it more, I see it's not improving. They're not sinking capital into this to make it better. And it's like, why are you doing this? I mean, why are you, do you want to grow or do you not? And because I, I, you know what, I'm nearly done with Facebook, man. I, I, I'm about to start a project where I'm going to save all the photos that I've taken that are worth a shit on Facebook and just get off of it. I mean, I use it for the AJ Todd thing, you know, to, you know, promote. But like I said, I don't know if I'd said this in the podcast, the money I've sunk into advertising on Facebook, I, I have not made that back in sales. Yes, granted, there is there is a small spike in sales when I advertise, but it's not it, it doesn't make up for the amount I spent. So it's like unless but but on the other hand, if I sunk fifty million dollars, let's say I split it up, <laughs> I spent I spent twenty five million on Facebook advertising and twenty five million on Amazon advertising, my book would be a bestseller. Period. It would be. Would I make back the fifty million? Probably not, but it would be a bestseller, you know. So I can move on from there. I mean, you pay to play in this environment, and uh, dude, I don't even remember what we were talking about at this point. <laughs> Facebook censorship, all this stuff. I think it's going to get worse. Uh, there are some progressive voices on Twitter right now that are being deplatformed. Um, because they're not going along with the party line. They criticize Joe Biden. Uh, there's one guy in particular, I don't have his name right in front of me, who got deplatformed on YouTube two days ago. Uh, I know that because I listened to Tim Pool. And it's not going to stop, man. This stuff is going to snap back, clap back, whatever, on the people who are pushing it. Seriously. I mean, the people that can't see, uh, truly useful idiots. Truly. Now, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about something else. I don't know where we are on time. We're good. But uh, I, I, I have it pulled up. I have it pulled up. And this is a point where I'm going to ask, uh, especially Jed. Jed, are you listening? Jed's the one that asks for two episodes a week, two or more. So, Jed, if we before we even consider that. It's a big lift. Jed, it is. It's a big lift. It's a heavy lift. You're going to have to go to the Culper's Canteen Cup Facebook page and give us a review. Do you recommend it or do you not? Because we have one so far, <laughs> one person who has gone to this portion of the Facebook page, recommend this business or not. And this, <laughs> this one guy. He said no. So his name, <laughs> his, his supposed name is David Snyder. And David Snyder uh, does not recommend Culper's Canteen Cup to the Facebook community. And David Snyder says, As a Republican, I find media outlets (laughs) such as this 
as the reason Democrats won the majority of the House, Senate, and Presidency. They promote far-right conspiracy theories and refuse to denounce white supremacists, rebel flags, swastika, and Nazism. Not a good place to get information. Now, now Josh, in response to that, because I probably would have lost my shit. I would have lost my shit if I saw that before Josh, but Josh, bless his heart. He replied, David, glad you took time to give us your thoughts, as off-base as they are. We're more than happy to have you on the show to discuss your comments face-to-face. Let us know if you're interested. And I thought, since Josh invited them on the show, and that might have been Roger, but I think it was Josh. No, it was Josh. I was like, that's the end of it. He's not going to respond. So I I commented, as Luke, Luke, as Luke J., I commented, he called us a media outlet. That's a promotion. And then it it just went down the rabbit hole. And David, quote unquote, David said, Luke, don't get the big head. My email and Facebook can be considered a media outlet. Use Webster's and educate. A very hostile atmosphere and the staff are trolls on the Internet. Oh, that's where I was like, "Okay, who is this guy? So I click on this guy, David Snyder. And I start looking at his friends list, and it's very odd. It's very odd. And I'm going to let Roger expound on that. It's very odd, this cool. David Snyder guy. I'm telling you, if you look at our listeners in India, especially India, and look at China, I'm telling you, this was a legit, real troll. Somebody paid this dude. This guy is on somebody's payroll to troll our shit and do that, and I think that's a big win for us. What do you think? Yeah, because I mean, it, it's actually an established profile, but it's not a fully established. It, it's established just enough to you know that that first, second, third layers of the onion. Because I think he's got like what five hundred some odd friends or something like that on there. So you know, most people when they create these fake accounts, they you friend twenty people, and it's a couple public figures, and it's all stupid. And he's so he's got the friends. So on the surface, when you take a look at it. It's, uh, you're like, okay, this thing appears to be legit. So it's either one, somebody who trolls as a serious hobby, like that's what they do. Uh, or two, somebody that that's, you know, possibly paid by somebody on the left to go out there and troll some of these accounts, uh, you know, to either dig up dirt, you know, to get somebody riled up, to get people to say things they don't want to say. But I think the, um, I think where his mistake was, was, was trolling us one. I mean, it was pretty clear from his first, you know, his first post right there. Uh, cause I think we're, we're not rude, but I don't think we hold back. I mean, we're pretty direct. Well, Josh is a little rude. I actually, my morning, my morning. Okay. I, I wake up in the morning, I get my cup of citrus juice and I drink it. And the first thing I do is I open up my Facebook because I know Josh is going to have about eight or nine posts on like mainstream media pages <laughs> and it just goes downhill from there, man. He posts uh, he posts one thing on there. The next thing you know, it's uh, it'll be extremely controversial. And the next thing you know, it's we're down the rabbit hole. So I, I think this guy really does have a. Um, I think this guy really does have a. You know, he, he might actually be paid to do this stuff, you know, to be a troll. But again, he went and trolled us, and uh, I think we hit back pretty hard because that's part of what this cancer cult or you know cancel culture. 
that's part of you know the fallout is everybody is so scared to be canceled that they immediately capitulate right it's i'm sorry i didn't mean this and we're more the uh, hey you can go fuck yourself you know i think was it luke's like hey you didn't hear the you know episode 18 of three kings right clearly you didn't uh you know where we bring on you know, what's his face with, with you know with his adopted kids from africa um it's like you clearly didn't hear any of that stuff so I think a lot of times what happens is, and I'm not saying he ran off like a scared little bitch, which he probably did, but it's just like the other two people we were talking about earlier that won't come on the show. They sit there and they expect that when they call you out on it because you're a bigot and you're a racist and you're a white supremacist, that you're immediately going to go into this defense posture. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, and you're going to sit there and just like, no, you can't think of me this way. And we're kind of like, no, you can actually go fuck yourself. And we hit back. And then they say, oh, that's it. I'm going to go look for a softer target. Right. So I think that's what happens with a lot of these folks out there. And I'm still, I would tell you this, I I live by this for our listeners out there and you get in these heated debates and stuff, which again, I I think is good for the family. I think it's, I think when you get into politics and when you talk about what's going on in the world, I think it's good for the family. I think it's great to bring to the dinner table. Uh, My family, I hope they're ready when they come over for Thanksgiving this year, because it's on, Uh, because you need to bring this stuff up. You need to argue this stuff right? That's how you educate folks. And that's how you become educated by hearing the other side. And maybe you pick up a couple of things. It's like, wow, you know what? I never thought about that. It happens all the time. Believe it or not. When I talk to, to Luke or Josh, it's uh, like the whole section 230 thing. I mean, I knew nothing about any of that. And it was very hard for me to formulate my opinion and, and, and have it based on anything until he was like, well, hey, here's, you know, obviously because of the books, here's section 230. This is what it does. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to look into that. So it's, uh, I, you know, I do believe it's like you have to have those arguments. But I stick to this, that any of our listeners out there, as you get into these heated debates and you find that progressive liberal that's like whacked out, just listen to the science, man. Hey, you know what? We've got a, uh, we've got a direct tie into a, a podcast. You want to go on there? And, and we'll treat them respectfully, right? I mean, I don't think we would, we would bring them on here and just like totally sandbag them and dog them out. I think we do like a, uh, the Lincoln-Douglas-style Stug- you know, Douglas debate where it's okay, hey, look, here's the two topics that we're going to cover. And I think we work all this stuff out ahead of time. Here are the two topics that we're going to cover. And we're not going to sit here and do like, uh, what's his face? What, what was his name um, off of Newsmax with, with uh, Mike Lindell? I think is uh, Bob Sellers. We're not going to pull a Bob Sellers, right, and try to mute your stuff. And then I'm just, and then of course the blonde haired lady's just sitting there like, uh, okay, what the fuck just happened? So that's not us. That's not how we're going to do things. We'd bring this individual on and we'd have the debate with him because I would want to hear it. It's, it goes back to the whole conversation uh, that we brought up earlier with the transgenders. It's like, hey, I actually want to know. I'm curious because you could possibly change my mind on how I see some of these things. Not that I ever think that, you know, believe that they should be allowed in sports, but there's some other social issues that you're like, hey, you know what? Now you're talking about some... Now you're talking about some medical uh, and some science-related uh, issues that could impact these individuals in a part of society, whatever. But anyway, did you guys – you guys both saw the Newsmax interview I saw with Mike Lindell? <laughs> so is Newsmax yeah. dead now? Are they done? With me, they are. <laughs> Any, here's, the, here's the thing with that, though. Any media outlet that has somebody on and tries to engage in a conversation, and then when that conversation doesn't go how they – you know, had scripted in their head or that conversation doesn't follow their script and it goes sideways a little bit and they shut that person down. They're dead. They're, they're pretty much dead to me. You know, Mike Lindell, do I agree with everything he says? No, but at the end of the day, he, he has a right to be heard 
he wasn't saying anything super crazy. So listen, listen to the guy. Growing up, growing up, my you know, and my parents always told me you don't talk about politics and religion, right? And you know, talking to a lot of folks, they were you know that was a thing. It was like you, whoa, 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 whoa man, you just don't talk about politics and religion. What? What should have been said is here's how to have a civil conversation about politics and religion, because you look at the you know where we're where that divide is in America and you look at where that polarization is. It's it's in politics and religion because you have gener you know you have a generation probably two generations right because my grandparents probably told them the same thing you don't talk about politics and religion. And so, you know, when David showed up and David's, you know, was like, oh, you know, this is a terrible place to get news and, you know, shit like that. I was like, OK, I was like, wow, you, you know, it was kind of like, like, hey, you gave us a lot of credit. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, this is a terrible place for people <laughs> to get their news. And it was like, you know, they don't they, you know, they don't denounce, you know, Nazism and oh, you're racist. All that stuff it was like, you know, what, man, go fuck yourself. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Luke's mom. Uh, and, and and my dad, uh, you you can go kick rocks because at the end of the day, if you listen to us, you you have probably already inferred that we 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 absolutely do not condone any of that, right? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it just to satiate your you know your need for you know well I, I know we just met 30 seconds ago but I'm going to need you to denounce you know these <laughs> these things before we can have further dialogue that's ridiculous that's not how this works it's not how any of this works and you know the whole David thing and I responded back to him I channel you know it looks like I can't you know Josh like actually responded back to him. people say I'm always the asshole and I'm always the abrasive one I try to respond back so I was like my initial response was Pretty much go F yourself. But I was like, no, hold on. Nope. We're trying to get people on the podcast. <laughs> We're trying to bring people on. And so it was like, what would Luca Roger do? Luca Roger be like, okay. Hey, hey, man. Come on. Come on. Hey, you want to discuss it? Come on in. You know, like Roger said, anybody out there who listens to us, who disagrees with us, is 100% fine. We would more than, you know, we more than appreciate you coming on on the podcast and having that dialogue. Because, again, that's how we learn. Maybe we can, you know, maybe we can bring up a point that you hadn't thought of. Maybe that we, you know, you can bring up a point that we haven't thought of. And I'm absolutely open to having my mind changed on most things. There are some things where I'm just not going to have my mind changed. And I'll be, uh, and it's fine. You can call me whatever, um, you know, for that. But, you know, we, we're not going to, you know, bring anybody on. And we're, we're not going to call you a stupid MF or, you know, anything like that. Well, we, we are open and willing to have civil discourse, uh, you know, with that, with, with people with opposing viewpoints. Uh, but the problem is, is that the majority of people that we disagree with, they're not willing to have that civil discourse, you know, and you, you guys see some of the people on my Facebook page who, you know, adamantly and vehemently disagree with me. And it's like, hey, man, come on the podcast. And they're like, well, oh, no, it's just being a waste of my time. And, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, nah, man, like put your money where your mouth is and come on on and, and have a chat with us. You know, it's like, you know, Roger, you know, it's like Roger's friend, Bonnie, who, who has a deep seated hatred for Luke, you know. It, it's like okay, come on the podcast, and you know it's like oh, I'm not coming on your podcast. You're just gang up on me and gur 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 gur, 
Right. And it's like, no, we'll, we'll have a civil conversation. And it's like, no, no, it's just, it's like, because we would have that Lincoln, Lincoln Douglas style debate. And we would, we would get past the, that wave top talking point that they have. And after that, it's just an empty suit because that's what the majority of the people are on the left. And I would even say some on the right, you would do once you get that past that 240 character limit, that's all they got. They're done. They're an empty, you know, it is just an empty suit after that. So I'm going to, uh, you know, throw it over to, you know, there you go. Look, jump in. You got it. Yeah. You know, you get me worked up. Yeah. I get you worked up. <laughs> you get me worked up. That's just, that's just how it is. You know, I, I, I finally texted Josh today and I think we might've covered this in another episode a few episodes ago. I'm always defending the American people. I am always defending, uh, you know what, maybe the American people are just asleep. Maybe the American people are just soft. And Josh is like, no, the majority of Americans are peas. Peas as in, you know, wussies. We'll say wussies. How about that? We'll use the word wussies. The the majority of the American people are wussies. So I was going to bring up 3D printing, but since we still have 25 minutes left, uh, (laughs) <laughs> bring this up. So this is where I decided, you know, I think uh, the, uh, okay, where do I start dissecting this? All right. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as some people are calling her, Al- Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett, uh, made a big deal out of uh, her being so uh, scared and all this stuff when the Capitol riots were going on. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to read what Josh said. I, I can't do two things at one time like Josh and Roger can. I can't speak and read at the same time. I've learned that about myself. I can speak and dip. I can speak and chew gum. I can speak and drink. But I can't speak and read. Josh and Roger have me beat on that. So AOC... Uh, made a big Instagram post about how she was so afraid and the Capitol Police officer was very intimidating. And I was trying to explain to my wife. I was trying to explain to her, if you are ever in a hostage situation, and we learn this at the numerous courses we go through, these people who come to rescue you, who come to bring you out of these hostage situations, their mission is to bring you back alive. Their mission is not to bring you back alive with all bones intact. Their mission is to bring you back alive. And if you are unconscious when they pick you up, that's probably better. If they have to break your bones to bring you back alive, that is what they will do. Their mission is to bring you out. And AOC was all upset because the Capitol Police officer who supposedly came in and said, where is she? Get her out of here. We got to go. Didn't identify himself. He was being very harsh with her and she was making this big deal out of an appeal to emotion and she's got like i don't know four to six million followers people are listening to that going oh yeah yeah they they should have been more sensitive to your needs when they were trying to rescue you from the capital rioters that was step number one to me saying most americans are wussies okay uh you 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 AOC, you are, don't ever 
Come, come at me saying you're from New York and you're from the heart, you're from the mean streets and you're a tough girl and all this stuff. You're not. You're not. If that's how you reacted, if you were truly panicked, this reminded me when I was sexually assaulted. Really? Really? This person was trying to save your life. First of all, I don't believe that bullshit. I don't believe it. I don't. And the reason I don't believe it is because she was freaking lying. This woman, AOC, for whatever reason, she thought it would be a good idea when she was detailing her story to give timestamps, verbal timestamps on what time it happened and when. And the fact is, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to dissect it like Tim Pool did. I, w- I should maybe because Tim Pool makes a lot more money than we do. But I'm not going to dissect it like he did. But basically, she's lying. She's freaking <laughs> Lying. That shit did not happen how she said it did. It's an appeal to emotion. It's propaganda. It's to kick the can. It, it, it's, it's propaganda. Straight up. No nonsense. I don't know if Roger saw it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure Roger didn't watch the whole Instagram video. Nope. But I've seen the transcripts. I've seen... What time she said this stuff happened? She was not in the same building. And when she said in her verbal timestamp videos that this stuff went down, they hadn't even gone into the Capitol main building yet. So, how did she know? She's lying. She's lying. It pisses me off. She did it because she knew the majority of Americans, like Josh says, are wussies. Appeal to emotion. I'm done. I'm done with AOC. MTG, you know, Josh was talking about her earlier. Green, you know what? What she did isn't any different. Uh, The stuff she said isn't any different than the misleading shit that AOC was saying. I'm telling you, these people are liars. They're not leaders. They're your representatives. And that's fine. If they want to lie, observe what they do and vote them out. If MTG is crazy, vote her out next time. AOC is going to lie to you and try to manipulate her. you. Vote her out next time. Okay, I've gone off. Roger's already taken notes, and he's he's getting... He, no, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the realities I've, I've are. I've gone off too much. No, that's the whole point of the realities are. Right. Right, because what the realities are, they can say, well, this is a government-appointed individual, so they won't lie, and they know that most people are too lazy to actually go do any due diligence on their own. And so they'll just spoon feed them the information. Why look it up? Why look it up when I can just have somebody spoon feed? Oh, they said it's the truth. They said it's the truth. Because now you're finding out and, you know, God bless, you know, the, the, the police officer's family. But the initial, I think we even said it, that the one police officer that died uh, looked like he was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. Well, I don't know if you guys hear this morning that the medical examiner's report said, no, that didn't happen. He didn't die of blunt force trauma. Uh, that it, he, yeah, I have to shoot you to lake it. So he didn't die of blunt force trauma. And what they were trying to figure out is it looks like, or I guess they're speculating that um, he may have like actually asphyxiated or somebody sprayed some pepper spray and there was some, some reaction going on. I didn't read the whole thing. I read like the first couple paragraphs or whatever, but that's the whole point of, of the realities are. And the Democrats, the Democrats are great at playing this game because it goes all the way back to what you, and I hate, you know, to fucking keep giving loop credit for this stuff, but it's the, 
It's the you're a racist. That's all you got to say because that's what the me- that's what the people are going to hear up front. And that's what's going to make the headlines and that's what's going to make the news. And then everything that you have to do to go disprove that and this, it all gets lost in the wash. And so that's what AOC does, right? Because what's happening is she comes out with her, her Instagram video and I caught bits and pieces of it on, on news or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, it was probably watched like a hundred million times, right? So everybody sees that. But then how many people go with the follow-up that was like, oh yeah, she was actually in the Cannon building when this happened, right? A percentage, a small percentage of that, maybe 10%, maybe, well, I, I, you probably get a lot of the folks that watch Fox News, so you might get 30 or 40% uh, percent on that. But they know that it's it's come out, strike first, throw the lie out there, or just throw the statement. It doesn't matter if it's a lie, if it's the truth or whatever, because it just becomes the truth. And then either one, everything else, the actual facts would just get washed out over the next couple of weeks. I mean, that was the whole thing with... The Russian collusion and Donald Trump. They just come right out. Hey, he's an agent of Russia. Boom. And then he has to spend the next four years proving that he's not. And we don't even, you know, we won't even go down the road again of, of uh, you talk about all the money and you talk about uh, the, you know, the, the inaccuracies or inconsistencies on the FISA applications, this and that. We don't even go, all this down, you know, go down that road. But that, that's the whole point is you spend so much time and effort having to defend yourself that it just gets washed out. And the Democrats know that. The Democrats know that. They've been using that playbook for the last four years, and it's, and it's been successful. What I hope happens after all this is that the Republicans observe this and remember it when it comes back around. And I don't say this, you know, as far as to be mean-spirited or, or to do it in spite of them or, or whatever, but there's this... In foreign policy, they call it the mirror image fallacy. Well, we're going to do this, and if we do this, this is how we would react if it was done to us, so this other country is going to react this way, right? So they call it the mirror image fallacy. And with I think in politics, you see a lot of that where Republicans generally are like, hey, you know what? We're going to try to make this bipartisan. We're going to do this. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to reach across the aisle because... Uh, they'll appreciate it and they'll appreciate it so much that when they're in power, that they'll do the same thing for us. Guess what? That ain't happening. That ain't happening. We saw it during Obamacare. We're seeing it with the executive orders now. We're seeing it with the stuff that's going through right now. They're going to ram it down your throats. Period. They know that. The Dems know that, hey, we've probably got about two years where we control all branches Right, because I think historically, at least recent history, it does tend to bop, pop back and forth. We've got about two years where we're going to control all branches, so we need to ram everything through that we can right now, uh, because eventually it'll pop smoke over the Republicans. And guess what? The Republicans are too damn weak or too damn stupid to realize that. I mean, it's like when when we finally had it with Trump. Why didn't we fix or get rid of and replace or whatever Obamacare? It's like you had eight years to do this. Eight years. Right? I mean, that stuff should have been on the desk, ready to go. But they're just too dumb. They don't, they don't get the bigger picture. And, and I think, uh, you know, I'll throw it out to, to Josh to give his, his you know, thoughts on this stuff. But it just, I think across the political spectrum, the left, everybody's moving farther to the left. And I think that's part of the problem. The left is moving farther to the left and becoming more and more progressive. 
but instead of the right moving farther to the right, the right is also moving farther to the left. And I think that's part of the problem. When we talk about that, that rubber band effect that, hey, you'll pull it to the left, you'll pull it to the right, and eventually just snap back to the middle. Well, the problem is, is when it all gets pulled to the left, uh, there is no more right anymore. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll kick it to Josh before we go around with our, our final thoughts. Yeah, so uh, so a lot to unpack there because Luke made a couple of comments, right? Uh that I've made before about the majority of Americans. And it, I, I'm going to tell you right now, my, I'm going to toot my own horn for about three seconds here. I'm 100% right. The majority of Americans are weak. They're wussies. They're not willing. They can't stomach confrontation. They can't stomach anything. Uh, and that's just what it is. That's been the, that's been the story of our country since the revolution. You go back and look how many, what was the percentage of colonists who were actual patriots, vice Tories? I would tell you that right there. That And it has been that way for a very, very long time. I think you had a different percentage, you know, when we all had a common enemy, you know, during the Cold War. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of patriotism. You still had, you know, you still had folks like John Brennan who, you know, were, were communists and voted for communist party candidates. But the majority of Americans, they saw Red Dawn, the original one, not the shitty remake. You know, they saw the original <laughs> with Patrick Swayze and Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen, right? And everybody was, you know, everybody had a united front against against a big red horde. You know, everybody was worried about the big red horde coming through the folding gap. Uh, you, you, you don't have that anymore. So, you know, but to... To your point about, you know, everything's moving left, the most powerful, the most, really the two most powerful people in Congress right now, and Roger, you mentioned one of them earlier, you know, cinema, the other one being Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Those are the two most powerful people in Congress right now because Joe Manchin's always been, and he is a Democrat, but he is a moderate Democrat, right? He is one of those Kennedy, Kennedy Clinton Democrats, and I, I hate to compare Kennedy to to Bill Clinton, but again, you know, Bill Clinton wasn't an extremist. He wasn't a far left guy. You got a cigar, right? <laughs> <laughs> That was a good impression. Um, But, you know, you look at Joe Manchin and but you look at what the left is doing to Joe Manchin right now. So there's a a super PAC called the the No Excuses PAC. And this obviously is progressive. They are literally they are actively campaigning right now and actively looking for someone to oppose Joe Manchin on the Democratic ticket in West Virginia next election cycle. When he comes up for re-election, right? So you have these moderates, and I'm not going to call Cinema a moderate just yet. She's had some moderate comments, but Cinema is not a moderate. I'm not. I'm not willing to go there with her yet. Joe Manchin's a moderate, right? He is the he, he is the one Democrat that always like you know even when you the the Republicans control Congress, it was always like, well, all right, well, what's Joe Manchin going to do? He was a he was a name that's really come up a lot over the last four years, especially with the uh, Supreme Court nominations. You know, which way is Joe Manchin going to go? So I'll call him a moderate. 
even his own party is looking to oust him. They are looking to get him out to install a more progressive candidate and it's continuing to go more and more left. And I don't know when it's going to snap back. I don't know that 2022 is going to be the snapback, the clap back or, you know, whatever for for the left. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I do know that a lot of the executive orders that Biden has signed, you know, especially with the Keystone Pipeline, which you've already discussed and everything, that, you know, there were some there are some unions that are not happy about that. So I think that's, you know, that's TBD on how that's going to go with uh, with them. But the problem with the Republicans, I'm telling you, Republicans need to get their head out of their ass. People like Mitch Weak. McConnell. I dislike Mitch McConnell. I hate Mitch McConnell. I've always hated Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell needs to go. A lot of these Republicans need to go. You know, when they initially, I think it was Luke, maybe that posted or somebody posted the whole, you know, Biden and Kamala sat down with Republicans to talk about the stimulus deal. And it was Romney and Collins. (laughs) I was like, they didn't sit down with Republicans. They sat down. They sat down with rhinos, right? They're not. Mitt Romney is not. Anybody who recalls a Republican is absolutely, completely, mentally insane, right? Mitt Romney is not a Republican. So, I, the Republican Party has, you know, you say you have twenty four two years. You really have about eighteen months. You have the first hundred days in office. You have about eighteen months, and after that. You really don't have time to really get anything through to ram it down our throats. Like you, I mean, you have a very, very limited amount of time. So we saw today the first tiebreaker with the uh, stimulus package. Yep. You know, we, the first tiebreaker where you know the the VP got to uh, got to sit in and, and break that fifty fifty tie. Uh, I I don't agree with it. I think at some point we you know we we get, we we have to stop spending money. If you if you spend more than you take in, if anybody who's passed first grade math, you spend more than you take in, you're always going to be at a deficit. It's not good. I think uh, Roger, I think Roger missed first grade math. I think Roger missed, missed first grade math. He's, on he's the whole. all about printing money. Yeah, you can't. Deficit make, doesn't matter, Josh. No, I, and maybe in some people's math, you you know, the you can just continue to make the money machine go burr. Uh, I you know not in not in my math, and I I, I believe history is on my side with that. So, you know, who knows? But we saw the first thing. And, you know, people were really upset about it and everything. And that's fine. You could be upset about it. I don't agree with it either. But the process, you know, the vice president, there's a, you know, there's a 50-50 Senate vote. The vice president is a tiebreaker. At, at the end of the day, the Constitution is working. Whether I like, you know, whether I agree with it or not, it didn't go my way. My my hometown team didn't win, so. But at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, it, whatever. So, it the 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 right is getting pulled further to the left. I don't like it. Uh, we we've got to get back to to the center, the center of it. Uh, because I, we have enough time to recover in my lifetime. I don't want my kids to have to pay the bill for for stupid decisions that are that are made now, uh, which are being made now, especially you know with the with the spending. So I kick it over to Luke, and uh, he can uh, he can give us our thoughts after I talk for you know an hour and forty five minutes of our two hour show. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I, I didn't mean to uh, dig it, Roger. Just maybe we should do another uh, full episode on uh, the deficit and inflation and stuff like that, so Roger can give his viewpoints to the world because. I'd like to understand them better because I, I do worry about this. Roger says we shouldn't worry, but uh, maybe we'll cover that on a future episode. I'd like to revisit one thing. We had that David guy who gave us our first like recommendation on Facebook said he does not recommend. So again, I'm going to call on Jed. I'm going to call on Titus. I'm going to call on you know uh, everybody out there, man. Everybody out there who listens faithfully, faithful, and we know who you are, man, just go to the Facebook page, man. Take two minutes and recommend the page and outweigh this Chinese, you know, ministry of, you know, internal security service bot that gave us our first negative review. I mean, come on. You guys got to hook us up, man. Just, just, just a positive review. That's all we ask. We really appreciate y'all listening. This was a BS episode, but I think we covered some good ground. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> all politics. It was a bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it was all politics. Roger promised we tried to start out on the right foot talking about video games. Maybe we'll talk about movies and whiskey next time. Uh, bourbon for Roger and Josh. We really appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for keeping on coming back, listening. Thanks for being faithful. Recommend it to your friends if you think they get a kick out of it. And even if you think they'd be pissed off, Definitely even better. recommend them to us. Even, even better. Even better. And tell them to come on the show. And, you know, to just one more thing. We'll give everyone a fair shake, man. We'll send them the outline beforehand. This is what we're going to talk about. They can prepare. We'll send it a week out. We'll give them a fair shake because we want everyone to hear it. We want it to be a constructive argument on both sides. We want to hear the other side because maybe they'll change our minds. We've All three of us have changed our minds on a lot of stuff over the past 20 years. So recommend it, you know, keep listening. We really appreciate it. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thanks to Carlton Zeus also. Hit him up at uh, www.carltonzeus.com or on iTunes. And for those of you hanging around for our freemium content, it's going to start right now.